All right. Thanks, Dean, so much for giving that presentation, and Jay and, and Emma. Great job. Uh, we're really looking forward to the uh, culture check and, you know, why are we doing what we're doing? You know, you're answering the question why determines your what. And that's why we're trying to figure this out because we, we can just go, you know, doing our what, which is what we do. But if we don't understand why we don't start asking those questions, we'll never get to the what. We won't be doing the things that God has really called us to do. So we're just trusting that Holy Spirit's going to be provoking uh, these questions, inspiring us. And uh, so we really believe these groups are going to be a wonderful thing uh, to help us sort those things out. All right. Uh, last week, if if you didn't, uh, if you weren't here for Pastor Jim Anderson, and if you weren't there for the week before with Pastor David and Katie Strzeski, um but they both of those, I really want to encourage you listen to the podcast, get the CDs, whatever you need to do. But you you need to get those. Those are great. We've been going through the Gospel of Luke. David and Katie touched on that, and uh, then we diverted just a little bit with with pastor jim anderson but it was a powerful time i when did we get out of here Twelve thirty, quarter to one something like that i mean just the the ministry time went on and on so i appreciate pastor jim setting that precedent um for those extended services like that and and um so we'll be getting into to today i just want to make you aware of a couple of things a uh, few people just have uh, been in the hospital surgery different things like that um joanne nystrand uh, she had a fall she actually went in and had surgery then as a result of that had a pacemaker put in she's recovering from that so big stuff in her life ivy sandstrom brie crouch was just in the hospital isn't that right for appendix I think it was, and she got in there, and she was at CrossFit, and one of the gals was a nurse, and she was, Chuck was telling uh, her some of her symptoms, and she said, you, you need to get her to the hospital. It was just the word of the Lord getting her in there, and so from what I understand, she's, she's doing well in that. So, uh, really cool. So today, we want to discuss a very exciting topic. This has the potential to be one of the more exciting topics. We're actually continuing our diversion, our digression from our, our study of Luke. And uh, we're going to hit on something we've uh, forecasted we we're going to be talking about. And that is the hot topic of eldership. Really, I thought there would be, uh, you know, hoops and hollers, maybe people doing backflips possibly. No, but we're going to get into this. And we talked about the last two weeks of March we're going to do this. Then we had the privilege of having Jim Anderson here. And so we'll take uh, this week and probably next week based upon uh, time this morning. But uh, we're not in any hurry. So, but um, I'm going to need your help a little bit. Uh, believe it or not, this is actually not a dull topic. You're not a believer yet, but you will be. <laughs> oh, 
you might be thinking, oh man, another talk on leadership or something. I'll just check out right here. Uh, but uh, I want you to think again and uh, allow God to represent his heart in regards to eldership, to rework some things in your thinking, because this is very important for the life of the church, for the direction of the church. Eldership is absolutely critical. Absolutely critical. Think of it this way. In the book, Good to Great, in the book, Good to Great, which is a a major bestseller business and and all kinds of things, great book, but he has an analogy. He talks about a bus. Everybody in an organization is on the bus. Great. That's wonderful if you're on the bus, but we've got to have the right people in the right seats. It's not a thing of hierarchy. Everyone is equal on the bus. Everyone's of equal value, but we do serve different functions. Not everybody's the driver. Not everybody's the whatever, okay? So we've got to have everybody in the right seats that God has ordained for them to be in. And eldership seats are a very important part of the life, health, and growth of the church, whatever that church may be. So this call of an elder is very unique. When it comes to his bride, when it comes to his bride, do you think Jesus is going to leave his bride in the hands of just anyone? No. I don't know about you, I don't put my bride in the care of just anyone. I'm going to move back just a little bit. Maybe I can get away from uh, from these speakers just a little bit. Something might help Jade. Maybe if you just turn those speakers out straight. So, Rod, maybe just point that straight toward you. And that might help kind of the, the zone I'm in. But he doesn't just leave his bride in the hands of just anyone. I, I like this analogy. Uh, I stole this from J.P. Smythe, and he he talks about that uh, in James Stewart's book about preaching, there's a story that he describes. He says, Field Marshal Wavell uh, has told in his notable lectures entitled Generals and Generalship, the story of how Napoleon, when an artillery officer at the siege of Toulon, is that right? I need some French help in here. Where's Andrew? Toulon? Did I say it right? Toulon. Okay. The siege of Toulon. Um, But he built an outpost in such an exposed position that he was told that he would never find men to man it. But Napoleon had a sure instinct for what was required. So he put up this sign that said, the outpost of men without fear. And it was always manned. Nice. Okay. Well, eldership is an exposed position. And it requires men of courage to man the position. The buck stops with the elders. They're, in a sense, in terms of the church, they're they're frontline leaders. It's not for the timid. They're ones who are, like we said, exposed. They can take some shots. And uh, it takes godliness and diligence to allow the Holy Spirit to grow a man into the elder. And we're going to look at some of the qualifications of an elder. Paul lays these things very clearly out for some of the guys that he has sent out to plant churches. 
at North Shore, we're in the process right now of seeking God for who our eldership team would be. And I think there's some confusion that exists in the church about the call of an elder and their responsibilities. So if we as the church are not clear, how are we going to be able to move forward effectively? So Jesus is searching for his, um, his elders, and it says very clearly in Scripture that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, Jesus is the one who appoints his elders. And so I want to take us back to the very beginning, uh, go back a year or so from here, and we touched on Acts 1-8 when we got to Pentecost. And it says there, "...and the Holy Spirit will come upon you in power." And you will be my what? You'll be my witnesses. Where? Right here in Jerusalem. Everybody's got their Jerusalem. Okay? Where's your Jerusalem? It's where you live and where you work. That's your Jerusalem. And then Judea and Samaria, that was the region. So we have local, regional, national, and global. A local church that holds no vision and sense of responsibility to take the gospel to the ends of the earth will seldom produce more elders. If you have no vision, if your church has no vision to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, you have no, there's no point. Forget about it. You don't need elders. But if this, if this eldership, this team of leadership desires for the church to be effective, then those men are going to need to be in place. A, uh, a biblical church. I loved what, um, what Wanda, where is she? I don't know where she, I think she's in the childcare this morning or over there. But uh, the word that she shared this morning about the Word of God and how powerful the Word of God. It's a church that uh, takes Matthew 28, that Matthew 28 commission, very seriously. Discipling the nations, as Dean was talking about going. But not only, you know, what we're doing in Kenya, which, um, you know, we'll be taking this offering next week, and we'd love for you to prepare to to help us do that, to be able to help the church there and to help the team uh, that's going to be going there. But... Um, discipling the nations, we also have an opportunity to be discipled by the nations. Okay. I am going over there to Kenya to learn from them. I want who Jesus is in them to get into me. 2010, I think it was June, right around there, the Lord spoke to me. He said, Eric, I'm sending you to China. Don't worry, I'm not going to China to pastor over there necessarily. But he said, I'm going to send you to China. I said, that's interesting. He said, yeah, I'm not sending you for for you to give them something. I'm sending you there for them to give you something. They have something that you need. I don't know what it is, and I don't know when I'm going. He'll make that clear when it's time. But he, for whatever reason, decided to speak to me. He is speaking to you about the nations. I uh, was heard, I think it was Kena and some different ones who were talking with Sue a couple weeks ago and said, next year I'm going to Kenya with you guys. Next year I'm on that team. Okay. Who else is on the next years or the year after that? Six months from now. Okay. The hearts. Maybe we won't go to Kenya. I don't know where we'll go. A couple years ago, we went to North Africa. This year we're going to East Africa. 
It could be Central America. It could be Europe. I don't know. But God is sending us to the nations. In order to do that, in order to prepare a church to be able to go to nations to fulfill Acts 1-8, there must be elders in place on that front line. Again, this is not a superior role that we are talking about. We're talking about an equal role of value. But we're talking about a different function that is very important that God is very serious about and very excited about. So from local to global, we begin to see the world as our church. If our eyes see this as our church right here, we're missing it. Our perspective is way too small. Do you see your neighborhood as your church? Potentially. Can you close your eyes and see the faces that are not here or that are not, that don't know Jesus yet in your neighborhood? Can you see those people? If you can't, I would challenge you to ask Holy Spirit, wherever your sphere of influence, when you think about your workplace, the people that come in and out of your life, they potentially are part of the church of Jesus. And he's not calling me to go lead them to him. He's called us to go. He's called us to go. Not just our congregation here, but the world is our church. Uh, This is when we begin to view the world through kingdom lenses rather than just church tunnel vision lenses. Here's a church vision. Okay? This is the kingdom vision. For those of you listening, my arms are extended because it is so much bigger. So much bigger. The kingdom includes every area of life. What is the result of this? Well, the result of this is that we start seeing more and more people within this congregation as potential leaders. We see more and more people that see them more and more that way. And the result is there's greater ownership and greater responsibility. That's part of what we're doing with this cultural um, analysis and evaluation is that we would have more and more people taking responsibility and ownership. You see, we're used to attending church where we, we really are not a part of much of anything. We're believing for God to do something different here at North Shore. What if, what if we had a ratio of 15 elders for maybe 500 people? You might say that, that that's kind of a big eldership team. Well, the goal is to not just pastor the local church, but to pastor our cities and nations and to continuously help in planting and strengthening churches around the world. Then that is actually probably a small team. So by having a larger eldership team, we could potentially send out half that team and still be really healthy here at the Sending Church. You got a team of elders who are actively helping and governing and and, uh, giving direction to this local church. Send out a group of, you know, 50, 60, 70 people. 
which would absolutely, you know, relationally, it just to think about that. I mean, think about my kids growing up, right? Dawn, Tails, different ones who have done that to send your kids out. It's on one hand, it's heartbreaking, but when you're shooting them into the, you know, the kingdom of God, those arrows, you're shooting them into the world. Wherever they are, there's joy in the midst of that kind of sending and, and you know, sending them out. So elders might seem, you know, come across maybe at first glance as kind of this, you know, stuffy and maybe a boring type of thing. But this is, um, there couldn't be anything further from the truth. To be able to grow and develop through elders and training and different things to grow a team that is able to give direction to a church that way and provide and and care for them is really, really important. And so um, we're going to, just for the the sake of time today, I'm going to go ahead and just conclude with this, and then we'll pick up next week here, get into our text in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1. But let me just say this as, as we conclude with a couple scriptures here. The church is made up of basically three collective ingredients. Elders, deacons, and church members, and all their collective giftings. But who leads the church? And this is, this is absolutely critical. Who leads the church? Jesus himself. That's right. Jesus himself. I just heard, so look back at Jeff and he's like, bing, pointing to the sky. Yeah, Jesus himself. Let me share with you Matthew 16, 18. Now I say to you, I say to you that you are Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Whose church? Okay, his church. Colossians 1, 18, Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body, his body. How many of you are jealous for your own body? Okay, this is, back up, this is my body. Yeah, well, Jesus is saying, listen, I didn't call you to build the church. I called you, right, to live out the kingdom of God, to build the kingdom. The church is his responsibility. When we get in the way of that, that's when we start building numbers mentality. We start, you know, looking at, okay, we want to grow, 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 grow. The growth is his responsibility. That's his responsibility. We never want to get into that mindset. I would actually propose to you that this family here has a cap. The Trout family had a cap. God said at this point, five kids, two went on ahead, but five here on earth, that's a cap. So the Trout family is a seven member. Now he may add to that from time to time. We might swell with foster care and and, uh, adoption, different things like that. But you know what? We're going to be sending them out and then we're going to grow and then grandkids and then we'll send out, right? So I would suggest to you that this family has a cap. And then we need to send out. Rather than grow up, we need to be sending out. We have to grow into that mentality. Holy Spirit, help us. I love what Paul uh, Graves uh, shared with me not too long ago. And he said this about the church that he came from in England. He said um, his church, uh, Pastor David Marchman, powerful man of God. And he said this, something along this line. 
We may never be known for our seating capacity, but we will be known for our sending capacity. Now that is vision, and I believe that is a biblical vision that lines up with what God is trying to do. And I'm not saying anything about other churches. That would be their mandate if they're called to grow big. And there's some churches that are doing really well and being very healthy in that way. But that's my sense for, for us as a church to stretch us that way. Another scripture here, John 10, 11 through 13, and we'll end with this. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. What would representative government look like on behalf of Jesus? If he himself says, I'm the good shepherd, the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep, the people. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. Here we, what we see what is required for God's representative leadership. This is sobering to consider. The mandate that is on Jesus' representative authority. So, who are these desperados called elders? Well, Jesus specifically calls certain individuals to serve, to guard, to protect, to steward, and care for as under-shepherds, under Christ, His most prized possession, the church. Acts twenty twenty-eight. Would you stand with me here? Because we're about to pray for our elders this week and coming weeks here. At some point here in the next month or so, we're going to be asking you to join with us in uh, a time of prayer and fasting. Um, for that's biblically, that's a part of the process of discerning and identifying and then um, calling elders is a time of prayer and fasting for the church. It says here, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. Amen. Holy Spirit, would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, we are, are asking for your wisdom, your discernment. Lord, we know you're not a chauvinist. But you do have certain functions for certain ones. And we're, we're asking that you would speak to all of us. That there would be a resonation, a confirmation in our hearts as to your choosing. Of men who will take on the responsibility of laboring and serving on behalf of your church. Of protecting and directing your bride. Lord, thank you for this stewardship. Thank you for the weight. Let it sit on us heavy. As we as a people come together to hear you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 This is exciting. So next week we'll share some more uh, in regards to eldership. This is a very important process and uh, we'll be going through different qualifications. I want to encourage you this coming week 
that you would uh, do a little devotional soaking time in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1. It's exciting stuff, folks, and uh, you don't want to miss it. But 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1, take care.